We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings, the year's final major 2021 Open Championship or British Open bets, picks, preview, one and done, plus the most cursed players for this playing of the Open Championship at Royal St. George's. I got some giveaways. We're going to be giving away up to $1,500 worth of tickets, worth of cash giveaways. Three ways to get into that now. Number one, leave a five-star rating and review with your Twitter handle or email address in it on Apple Podcasts for the Pat Mayo Experience. Subscribe while you're there, too. I put that link down in the description to make it super easy on you. It takes like 20 seconds. Also, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network newsletter. There's going to be two British Open updates, one on Monday, one on Wednesday this week. It is free to join. You join that. Boom. That's another, another. You have, now you have two draws, two names in the draw. The third way to do so, if you go to runthesims.com, a brand new football stats and tool sites, even if you don't care about football all that much, but if you do, you're really going to love the customizable data that is up there right now. Stats and tools, a lot like fantasynational.com, but for football, that is also free for the month of July. So just Make an account, and boom, you have the account up there. I will get the fact that you have entered it, and boom, you're in a draw for the third time. You want some cash? You want some tickets into the Millionaire Maker? You can do that pretty easily. Also, remember to subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube. Smash the like button for the episode. You give me a winner in the comment section, okay? I want to see if there's lots of winners down there. If everyone picks the same people, if they pick the same people as me, I'm going to start to feel good about my picks for this week. I'd like to get a major under my belt to end this major season, at least. And, you know, it's a, it's a high-profile spot. We can do that. My DraftKings pick show with Ben Raza already out. Go check it. The research show came out on Sunday with Viz from Royal St. George's. So I recommend that you check both of those out up on YouTube and the podcast feed already. And because it is the year's final major, fantasynational.com slash mayo gets you 20% off. Most customizable stat database on the planet. All of the tools. No 
no one's going to tell you who to pick on FantasyNational.com, but it gives you all the tools to generate your lineups. Use the simulators. Look at the stats in any way you want. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Jeff Feinberg is on the line. You ready for this? I am pretty fired up, Pat. I'm pretty fired up. I'm in like a good, happy place. But then like before the show starts, you get like surprise house walk-ins from your mother-in-law. So now I'm just like fired up. Like I was in a good place, but I'm fired up now. All right. Before we get to everything, there's going to be continuing coverage on Mayo Media Network of the Open Championship. Rick Gaiman and I, or Rickard, as we will call him, because it's Yeho this week. We'll be going player by player on Tuesday. That'll be up on the pod feed as well. Then live noon Eastern, sorry, 1 p.m. Eastern time on Mayo Media Network is going to be the Open Channel. Noon Eastern Time, 1 o'clock my time, noon Eastern Time on Mayo Media Network's YouTube channel. The live final card, final picks, and viewer chat. If you have questions, that's going to be happening on Wednesday. You can always check it out on demand after the fact. Fantasy Golf Degenerates will be out Monday evening on Mayo Media Network, as will the European Tour Picks and Bet Show with Sky, who's coming back this week, and Tom Jacobs. So please give your support to all of those people as well. I want to give some shout-outs before we get into this, just very quickly. Sky Gibson threw one entry into the $15 contest on DraftKings. Jeff, do you know how much money he won? Tell me. $200,000. Oh, yes. A Gibson, way to go, buddy. A Sky Gibson single bullet with Cameron Champ. That's how you do it. Adam Moffat wins himself $5,000, won the PME Open. Whit Greer turned 20 into 512. Shannon won 2100 bucks. And our guy, there's a bunch of tickets out there for Lucas Glover. I did not have them. You did not have them, Jeffrey. But Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Creelman hit it at 55 to 1 to begin the week. And then after... Thursday, he hit it again at 45 to 1 using the live in play tools from fantasynational.com and doubled himself up. So, congratulations, everyone out there who got themselves a winning ticket on Lucas Glover or our guy Min Woo Lee over in Europe. Killed my guys, but it's nice to see a huge winner. Some people were on it. I like it. You, you've won on Min Woo before. Yeah, I hit Min Woo, I guess, would have been his first win in Australia. And I don't know, we were on the wrong Woo! Uh, this week, Pat, also in our lead up for the championship, time to be determined. Always enjoy the open championship cut sweat show. And hopefully we can do that. I have an engagement that conflicts oh. with doing it at the moment. I'm going to try to get out of it. If I can't, we might not have it, but I'm, I'm really hoping we're going to have it. Cause it's like, we, we can actually go out afterwards and like have the rest of the day to ourselves. Uh, yeah. Okay. I apologize <laughs> for maybe you didn't bring it up for a reason. So I'm an idiot. Sorry. No, it's, it's okay. You can also watch the Jeff Feinberg show 10 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday evening live on FTNDaily.com if you want to check that out. You want to bring him in right now before we get into our picks? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, a man who beat me in a head-to-head golf game last evening to bring the score to 2-1 to one for me still in our season-long wager. But I think all of the Ander curse didn't go on to himself. It went on to Italy, who he said had no chance of winning versus his pick before the tournament of England to win. It is Tim Undercust. Tim Undercust. That is not my name. And I, I don't accept that premise of any curse. The English lost. That's not up to me. I was thousands of miles away. How come I saw so many people tweet me that they had all of these Italy tickets that they only played because you said that 
not only could England not lose, that Italy could most definitely not win. Coincidence. Purely oh. coincidence. Okay. That's what I'm going with. All right, that's good to hear. So we're here to get your three cursed picks for the Open Championship. And you have made the proclamation at the beginning of the year, none of which is coming true, by the way, that Rory was most definitely going to win a major this season. He has one more chance. Does that make Rory your pick? He is my pick, and he is my one-and-done pick. He cannot, right, be your, he cannot be your one-and-done pick. You have used him already. Did I really? Okay, well, fair enough. I didn't realize that I had done so. Uh, I guess I used him at the wrong time. Maybe I used him at the players. I you, don't know. You used him at the uh, API, and then you picked uh, defending players champion, according to you, Hideki Matsuyama, who's not playing this week because he has COVID. Not according to me, like he was the defending champion. <laughs> it's not true, but okay. Continue with your picks. So my three picks are, and I'm sorry, there is a lawnmower now going on behind me. If you can hear that, that is me. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize, but that is definitely me. Uh, let me close the door here just one second. Oh, just, just, maybe, just, just, just coming in hot, Tim. Maybe I can cut down the, on the sound a little bit. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Okay. So, so yes, Rory's my pick. 18 to 1. That's actually very good odds on Rory. So, uh, for a player of his caliber, and he's won this year. So, uh, I, I, I like Rory here. Uh, this is a good spot for him. It's like the exact opposite of the last Open Championship when all the pressure in the world was on him at Portrush. There's no pressure on him at all. I expect him to play and swing pretty freely. So he's my pick. Uh, my second pick is Adam Scott. He's at 66-1. to 1. I like Adam Scott quite a bit. Uh, he's almost won two Open Championships in the past. This is a course where I think just... Uh, Good ball striking and good putting will be really important. Uh, good strokes gained on approaches, really good putting. I, I think that he uh, he sets up well for a course like this. If his putter is, it, it doesn't let him down. He should be in the hunt on Sunday. Well, you and need then, you, you need to shop at DraftKings Sportsbook, sir, because he opened at a hundred to one this morning, already up to a hundred and ten to one as we speak. Wowzers! That's uh, those are very good odds. And the last person I am taking is. Uh, Guido Migliosi. Ah! Uh, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago that I was taking Guido here. Uh, another Italian victory in England, perhaps, after the Azori win at Wembley, the, the second-rate stadium in, in London, Wembley. After uh, Italy won there, uh, Guido could win in Sandwich. We could have two Italian. We almost had three because, of course, there was an Italian player in the Wimbledon Championships, but he did not win. But uh, could, it, could it be another Italian champion in England with, with Guido? So those are my three picks. So You're Je a sick individual. Je Jeff, how do you feel about – how do you think Sky is going to feel about Guido being Andercursed? Like, I didn't even – you know, Guido's deep on a list of guys I'd be considering, but for the fun and the party, I just can't believe you – you do this to guys that you really know nothing – like, you see them like a fart in the wind, and then you, you make these – decisions and you just upset people well so, to be fair so, when i said i was a, becoming a supporter of migliosi sky immediately said welcome to the group uh, there's lots of room when on you the picked philip rivers to win nvp i said you know what this is a good thing curses are meant to end he threw more interceptions than that than anybody and he never played for the chargers again <laughs> So, like, we've all been there when we're like, oh, no, this isn't bad. Tim watches sports, and he's supporting my guy. Yay. 
Also, your like egregious shot at me in there, which isn't even worth the time for this broadcast. But we'll spend time on it right now when you bring it up. No, we're not. We're not. Because he's ridiculous. And I've already rebuked him. Like, he's so out of his mind. Um, Yeah, whatever. Good picks. I don't mind any of your picks. I have my own Adam Scott. Adam Scott is owed something by golf gods on an open championship. When he, lost her, when he lost to Ernie, yeah. yeah, I got so, I was like, I don't know. I lived alone. I don't think I was married yet. I certainly didn't have kids. I certainly wasn't married. I, I was so, that, I, that, I lost a huge bet on Scott. I was so disheartened, like broken. And I put my place, myself in like a blackout place and went to go see whatever Christopher Nolan movie batman was in theater at the time so yeah, i didn't want to live in the world people were living in that afternoon and then the next year at muirfield he and westwood both had real cracks to win that thing and uh, neither could close the door and phil had 66 i am but st- scott did go on to win the next Mas- the masters the next the very next year that's correct he beat that guy who's in jail now huh Saw a great tweet. Like, oh, I lost my Gary Player first former yeah. Masters champion to go to jail prop. Yeah, Angel Cabrera, not a great dude. Uh, is currently serving a two-year sentence in Argentina at the moment. Or at least he's not currently serving. He was found guilty and will be serving a two-year sentence in Argentina. Tim, I am stunned you didn't pick Westwood. I thought about it, but I picked him at Augusta and he didn't play well. And so, like... Shocker. I'm not, so I'm not taking him. But I mean, listen, if Lee's in the final couple of groups, he will have my full support because a Lee Westwood championship would be great. But no, I just, my gut, and as a big game hunter, I follow my gut at these things. And Adam Scott was the guy that I was sort of drawn towards. So that's where I, I'm going. I mean, very noble card, I must say, to give you, like you've got one guy near the top and then you took two guys that people could find it over a hundred to one. So yeah. Cust Cust isn't coming on here. Like he works for like PGA tour and be like, you know who my three picks are this week, John Rom, Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I give him full credit and he could pick any oh, three guys. He could pick three guys near, near the top. I do like, I mean, I see that number on Rory and I smile ear to ear that he didn't really perform well last week. I think this is a great opportunity and a great place for Rory. And he's on my short list and I've already made some exotics with him last week when uh, the England semifinal and the game, the Habs got uh, the cup ended. I parlayed with Rory. So I've already done something fun with Rory. So I'm kind of sad Tim's on him, but yeah, I'm pretty um, bullish on Rory this week in some ways. And if you look at, you know, this will be the seventh major in less than a year that we've had. And if you look at all the winners, Morikawa, uh, Bryson, Dustin, uh, Hideki, Phil. Phil, and Rom. Other than Phil, it's been top-tier guys all the way through. So one would expect a top-tier guy should have, has a really good chance of winning this thing. Uh, and that's why I'm going with Rory. You would think that, but if you go back and look at the past few Masters, that's been the case. The U.S. Open is most, that's most definitely been the case, especially over the past like six or seven years. Uh, the PGA Championship can be a hit or miss, but it's usually one of the top guys. And then when you look at British Opens, especially this one at Royal St. George's, Darren Clark won at 150 to one and Ben Curtis won at like 500 to one. I'm oh, not no, paying not. any attention to that. 
I'm not. I've decided those are like extreme outliers. I don't I don't care. I just looked at the world rankings of pretty much the last like 15 champions when they won. They were all good players, but like three of them. Those two, and the only other one that I want to say ranked higher than 50 was Louie. But we could argue, I mean, I don't even know how old he was when, when he won, but we could argue, you know, history has been kind. You know, maybe he was a late bloomer or he's developed into an all-time class player. Um, you could sort of debate where... I don't mean like an all-time great, but an all-time class player. And I was also shocked. I would have bet a hundred bucks one of Westwood or Louie would have been on Tim's card as well. But back to the point at large, I'm not deviating. Like the winner is not leaving the top 40 in the world ranking outside of maybe three or four guys that I'm sure we'll that, talk about in we this turn show. turn it the other way around to sort of give Pat some credence, look, 12 L's. Older guy, not in the top 50. Phil, an older guy, was in the top 50, but still. Stenson, who had sort of come back from nowhere to win a Troon. Uh, you, what do you, you mean? Won that he won in the lead-up. But, like, this is somebody who hadn't, whose who's, people had See, You're going to make all these comparisons. Was well past, right? People Every single person you're about to name had had probably great form leading to that win outside of two guys. Yeah, fo- form and- has form has been a key indicator at the Open Championship over the past decade or so. But I, I think Tim's point is somewhat well-received. Like, Phil was in his 40s. Darren Clark was in his 40s. Henrik Stenson was in, was in his, like, yes. mid to late 30s. 30s. Ells was in his 40s. Yes. Was in his 40s. There's a crafty path. Absolutely. I certainly agree. Um, we're seeing experience. And, you know, shout out to um i'll give uh, uh the bamford golf podcast pat the average open appearances of the last nine winners is 12 appearances you have two outlaw like the two extremes on that are speed that his fourth appearance and l's in his 22nd appearance but i and, mean and, and, so Dar- and, and darren clark was his 20th appearance yeah so <clears throat> you know there's a whole uh, other I and thing. i don't yeah i don't I, had Lowry made many starts, maybe four in the open? Uh, he had made seven, I think, because he had missed four consecutive cuts at the British Open and then won. But he had a top, I think he was T6, before he started oh, okay. his missed cut streak. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So either way, and like Lowry, Lowry is someone in my mind who's 47 years old, but is actually younger than me. So that's one of those weird ones. Louis was yeah, 20, I just had to look up how old he was. He's 33. Louis was 27 when he won the Open Championship. But here's the big thing that we need you to tell us tim because you said that if westwood gets in contention you're going to be rooting for him therefore he's going to end up being cursed like he was when he was in contention and then you expressed your public support for him at the time despite not picking him and then he just whittled away who can't win this british open Oi. cannot win i don't think brooks has much of a shot to win this. oh thing. my no. i don't think brooks's game sets up well for this course or for english golf in general that, and that so, and the numbers and his results at open championships would disprove that well, sort of. I mean, what what did he do at Port Rush on Sunday? He shot like an eighty or something, right? No, on Sunday. Like he played terribly. Well, yeah, but when it mattered most. But he doesn't uh, have enough success when it's mattered to. I also think you can cross off all the uh, the top right, top tier Englishmen. So, for example, that means I think Hatton has no crack at it. Fitzpatrick has no crack at it. Ooh. 
But well, who else? What do you mean top tier Englishman? That's who about else? as far as I'm willing to go down the board. I mean, you could talk about Fleetwood, but he doesn't win. What like Fleetwood, Casey? Like why? What do you mean? Why? Well, no, I just think that the pressure would be a little bit too great on the top tier guys. So Hatton, Fitzpatrick, I, I would cross them off too. So my three cross offs would be Brooks, Hatton, and Fitzpatrick. Uh, so, uh, so, might, so well, it, since you've misremembered, I'll, I'll together and set it on fire. What, since, since you've misremembered what happened at Portrush, Brooks shot seventy four on Sunday and came in fourth. No man, eighty. No man, eighty. Oh no, then it must have been his playing partner. Yeah, he, he played with JB Holmes, who shot like ninety. Thanks, okay. and cost Brooks probably two strokes and spazzing. Okay, well, either which way, cross Brooks off, cross Fitzpatrick off, and cross Hatton off. Okay, See, this is good. This is good information to have coming into it. So Put money and kerosene and set it on fire, just as effective. Because I was thinking, I... go ahead, Jeff. No, no, finish this. No, I was going to say, because I've gone to the top of the board with one of my selections already, but I had nothing after. Like, I have nothing after that. My next closest yeah, yeah. one is Neiman at 125 from way back in December. So Christmas. That's, and yeah. Keimer at 150, which I just impulsively made like two weeks ago before he was even qualified. But it turns out when like 35 people WD, your guys are going to get in to the Open Championship. But like, I have no qualms about just saying, you know what? Maybe I'll take another guy from the top like I did at the U.S. Open. It didn't work at the U.S. Open, but I had two guys making the turn on Sunday who I thought were going to win. <laughs> what do you have yeah, Deshambo no. at right now? What's yeah, that? no, that's... Do you have Deshambo at right now? Does she, like, wait, what are his odds right now? Yeah. They're yeah. 25. They're, they're 35 to 1 at DraftKings Sports. Like, I don't love him this week, but I think that's great value when I, I would I throw a dart. If the weather's great... Uh, yeah, he could be a little move, I guess. It's like you can imagine a circumstance in which he just overpowers the place and shoots 18 under par. No, I agree. You could build a great card where you like own DeChambo, but you also bet on like Patrick Reed, where it's sure. like you're maybe playing both of it, it sure. or you know, in sort of um other angles, but sort of like you, Pat. I actually haven't made a move at the top and. I'm kind of happy I've waited. The odds sort of got better. A couple guys stayed the same. Most of them got better. We have that huge gap. And a bit, I mean, yes, Rom won the U.S. Open, and then he went on to have a very quality Scottish Open where you could argue he even, like, gave it away. He did. No, no, you don't even want to argue that he gave it away. He lost so many strokes putting that he should have won yeah, by so nine. weird. And he, should yeah, have, and he okay. was winning Memorial by eight strokes before he got COVID and had to withdraw. So he should really have three tournaments in a row with a win. I yeah, I guess. And the gap like between him and, and the second tier, you know, it's, it's a big gap. And, you know, you could bet two of those guys are – Two point like two of those guys are one of Rom. So there are decisions to be made, but it's still that major championship hot pocket of probably like 30 to 60 to one that I can't resist on top of making uh, a move or two at the top. But I, you know, Tim is always considers himself, whether it's self-proclaimed or, or valid, you know, an aficionado of, of major championship golf and, and history. So I'm curious what he expects from the course and the winning score and how comparable it might play to the past. Like a couple, like a lot of people out there, I've watched that Darren Clark. I watched that Ben Curtis or, you know, pieces of it and give it the whole time. <laughs> I've read some of the quotes of guys from those weeks. Um, do, how do you expect it? 
it to play based on the little bit of weather that I, I sort of talked with Pat about yesterday and then looked up myself and based on the quality of players in the tournament, I would put minus eight as my winning score. I think that's completely uh, fair. I, I want to give you an update. And again, I'm going to have the updated weather links. It's both in my column on DKPlaybook.com and it will be in the Mayo Media newsletter both on Monday and Wednesday evening so we can track that. It's gotten even worse. Uh, now, now now it's saying that constant winds of 17 and 18 mile per hour with gusts up to 36 on Thursday morning. Wow. wow. I love it. I love, I, love, I love that when Bubba withdrew from the tournament too, he's like, I pray for wind and rain because I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Can I ask, a, I mean, like sort of as a fan question, because I'm sure you guys have got people listening who don't listen every week to golf podcasts. who are looking at these odds and will ask, as I would ask, why is someone like Xander or Spieth so much shorter than Bryson? What's the argument for that? Because you just put Spieth and Xander I, in the same. Number. Their odds are the same. Yeah, no, I, I, actually, so I, I can explain this to you because at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, Xander is actually the second favorite behind Rom. Rom is eight How to is one. Xander is eighteen to one. It's. What, okay, there's a bunch of different factors that go into it. One, odds are not based on value. Odds are based on how much money they expect to take. So if they expect to take a lot of Xander money, they can cut his odds to whatever they want to, and people who want to bet Xander are just simply going to bet Xander. Then you also have to look, too, that the top 5, top 10, top 20 odds have to correlate with whatever the outright winning number is. And as we've seen over time in major championships or just whatever event it might be, a top five bet, a top 10 bet, or a top 20 bet on Xander Shoffley, a very profitable bet. So they don't want to hang them at like a 35 to one, where then all of a sudden you're offering like plus 650 on a top five, you hang them at 18 to one, where it's like three to one for a top five. And plus 175 for a top 10 instead of three to one for a top 10. I, I believe that's why that is the case. Fair enough. Cause yeah, I'm looking on drafting sports book. I see Xander at 18 to one speed essentially at 20 to one and uh, DeChambeau at 35 to one. And I just think, wow, that seems hard to justify. And, but your explanation makes a lot of sense. As that's to what actually, I mean, I think it's cool. Speed and Xander shouldn't be in the same. It's funny enough that they're in the same category. Bryson is, as Pat said, it's indicative of what they feel the market will bear. Yep. They're not taking any money on Bryson. They probably had it at 25. They didn't take a cent. Like a football line. Okay, let's see if they'll bite at 28. Still no money. It's Monday morning. It's 35. You know, we'll, we'll see. We saw guys' numbers get, like, really big as they get ignored in the lead-up to major championships. And there's a lot of reasons that people are going to be afraid of, of Bryson. But I tell you, I like Shoffley. I don't think I can bet him, despite him, like, making. It's hard to, like, I don't cross him off as I'm trying to, like, whittle down a card. He survives lots of cuts because it's like, okay, he's still on my list. But... I would like Patrick Cantley at 35, maybe even a 40 to one potentially as we get into this thing. Double is Shoffley like all day for me, all day. Even a place like here where you got to just stay clean and composed. It, it, Not to say yeah. It's probably easy enough. Like if you're doing the betting market and you're playing on DraftKings this week, just take Xander on DraftKings, and then you don't have to worry about betting him outright. Because if he wins, I mean, you're probably going to win some money on DraftKings anyway. And if he doesn't, you know, a third place finish is good enough for DraftKings. Uh, whereas that's going to cost you your outright bet. And he's only the fifth most expensive guy on DraftKings versus being the second highest in the betting market. Fair enough. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm ready for it. I mean, like in a silly way, how much, how many more majors are we going to, you know, to knock down here without this guy? Um, I don't know. He's always, he's always there. I thought he, I thought he played adequately in Scotland. I saw him make some really nice up and downs. He's had some really nice, uh, finishes in open championships, just like every other major. And I guess he just can't make that other list that would sort of make that hot pocket of players for the trends, Pat, because he hasn't won an actual event in, in, in quite some time at this point. Yeah, he actually does fit a lot of the trends list because a lot of it has to do with like top tens and recent form coming in and past open championship experience. And he does check all of the sort of trends box. If you're looking, yes, for I the, know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're looking I, for the trends, they're they're, they're in my they're, that... they're in my column right now. If you want to go look at them, before we let Tim off the hook here, Tim, hole in ones, yes or no? I'm on a heater. The last two majors, there's been no holes in one, and uh, that will continue. In 2011, there were two. One was from Tom Watson. He's not in the draw. The other was from Dustin. But if you watch the highlight, it's kind of fluky. So I'm going to go with no holes in one at Royal St. George's. And your description of the wind makes me feel that much more confident that we're going to go three straight without a hole in one, which is what uh, we should want. You say the wind, but it's really because Warinsky isn't here. Well, no, that was only the case at Torrey Pines. And, and by the way, you can say my analysis was silly or not silly, but I was right about that. And uh, there were no holes in one. I dodged several bullets on that Thursday, but I got through it and uh, I was fine. And no, no free eagles for the people. Well, before we get out of here, I did want to run through one more thing. And let's just chalk it up to a cuss corner mini. So, Jeff, I was out for dinner with Tim over the weekend, and it was a Pepsi-only place. So, Tim, obviously a big fan of DC, Diet Coke for the uninitiated. And then all of a sudden, the waitress comes back like 10 minutes later, has a, like, liter bottle of Diet Coke for Tim, put in a champagne bucket in front of Tim on the table. The only thing that they didn't do was, like, uncork it and, like, place the bottle over on the side, like where all of our wine was. They just kept the bottle in front of him on the table. So how does this happen? He, like, approaches them and asks them to go fetch him a cola, or he walks to the to the 7-Eleven and buys his own? Well, no. To them. I mean, listen, first, as I've long said on the show. he travels with them. I order off menu. Uh, that's something that I've been I, I, I'm able to do. But what happened was that initially the waitress asked, the server asked whether I wanted uh, Diet Pepsi. And I said, no, I won't have that. And she said, I understand. I'm a cook person too. I want nothing to do with Pepsi either. So I got a ginger ale. And then every time she came back to the table, somebody, usually Patrick, would make some sort of snide remark about Diet Pepsi to the point where she felt bad enough that she showed up to the table with a 750 milliliter bottle of Diet Coke, which I did not ask for. And then it was put in a bucket of ice. I suspect they must have that out back to mix like drinks with, because no one wants a rum and Pepsi, for example. So I suspect they, they must have a stash of the good stuff you... out back. And uh, so they brought it to me and uh, yeah, they brought it to me on ice. We were joking beforehand that maybe like uh, some restaurants, if I brought my own DC, they charge me a corking fee, an uncorking fee. To, uh, to crack it open and keep it on the table. But uh, it was great. The, the service, uh, service was great. And I got served chilled DC in a champagne bucket in a very fancy way on the table. And it just further underscores what I've been saying on this show for a while is that when I go to McDonald's and get a burger like a Mac or I go to a restaurant that doesn't have 
uh, Coke on the menu. I order off menu and I get and I get it. So uh, I it underscores something you've certainly said on this show for many years, Tim, about being a man of the people. That's certainly what it underscores. Um, I, I hold on. I will say that not only was our waitress shout out to her for going to do this. She earned herself a very, very hefty tip. Uh, on top of all that, thank she you. It was Ma- fantastic. Th- she th- was fantastic. Thank you, Mayo Media Network, for covering the expenses. Tim and I talked about work the entire time, but another server even came up too and was just like, "Yeah, Pepsi's trash." <laughs> it was really weird. Oh, it was great. Okay, like- so Tim ends up in this Diet Coke sympathizers yeah. restaurant, gets like-minded waitress, and and she goes pull and pulls a bottle. But but I guess. Props to Tim. Like, yeah, this other server comes by and he sees the Diet Coke. And he says, I understand. He said, you know what torture it is to be in a restaurant where you can have all the Pepsi you want and you hate Pepsi because it's garbage? And I was like, you people are speaking my language. What? Like, what? there are fans out there. We are the silent majority. There are fans <laughs> of people who despise Pepsi, uh, who not just like Coke, but despise Pepsi. And uh, when we're amongst people we're comfortable talking with who also are big fans, we're not afraid to let the let the truth slip. That they're, that there's they're, they're, they're not comparable. Pepsi is trash, and Coke is so good. Can I follow up on one other thing? You you kept making reference to your um, ability to to more to, to have a common trend of of uh, priding yourself in going off menu. Is this strictly a diet Coke thing, or you will like always just like inconvenience a restaurant? First, I don't think it's an inconvenience. No, I don't mean it like that. Like, they have these dishes. You're like, can you just make me, like, a grilled chicken on a bun? And they have, like, chicken, and they have buns for their hamburgers. So, yeah, they'll do that. But, like, I'm just curious to what extent you would, you know, have someone go off menu. If I looked at the menu and there was nothing there that was appetizing to me, I would totally say, can you make me a hamburger? Or can you make me a chicken sandwich or some chicken how do you know fries on the menu? Pardon me? Like, where do you, like, I under, like, why do you assume they have hamburgers if it's not a hamburger on the menu? Most places have ground beef. They can look after you. Honestly, they can make me a scrambled egg omelet. That'd be fine, too. Okay. You are, well, we're going we're gonna to cover, are... we're going to cover this more in the next full length cuts corner. If people want to check out entire podcast that are just like this conversation subscribe to cuss corner wherever you download podcasts or check it out on mayo media network but jeff i'll leave you with this tease that i don't want to get into the full story or anything that happens i'll I'll let tim share it when he's ready but all i'll say is that he is thinking about upgrading from his old car to his new car and getting a newer version of it i believe he had a 2002 or a 2003 and before he got rid of the old car he took his sig lighter that comes with the car out of it so we could put it in the new car, thinking that new cars have cigarette lighters that are transferable from cars 15 years ago. As I understand the charges, I plead guilty. Yeah, it's okay. Um, I'm excited to gather and talk about these things because I'm bursting at the seams. I got a list of things. For, for, I, I'm bursting at the seams with a couple things. And, like, I am ready to plant some football flags, like, before we do our normal wins and and what have you in, like, a month and a half. Like, I am, uh, yeah, we got to get together. 
All right, we'll, we'll make that so very soon. Thank you, Tim, for being on the line. That was a Cuss Corner Mini. And of course, that was Tim Undercust. Tim Undercust. And yes, that is his name. Stonks, memes, rocket ship emojis. Day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon... You should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on your preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash mayo. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash mayo. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash mayo and start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash mayo to get started today. Jeff, let's jump into the favorites for the tournament. It's at Royal St. George's. We last saw this in 2011 when old man Darren Clark was proclaimed championship golfer of the year. Before that, 2003, when Ben Curtis won at 500 to 1. So it's been two long shot winners uh, in the past two decades of this course that we've seen. It's actually been shortened this time around. Really, the key here is don't go in the bunkers. You go in the bunkers, you're going to have a bad time. So try to avoid as many as possible. Between Clark and Curtis, they hit four greenside bunkers on their way to winning, and that's how you just stay out of trouble because some of these bunkers are so deep, you could put like four levels of underground parking in them. You're going to have to play out backwards. You're going to have to play out sideways. It's almost worse than hitting it out of bounds in some circumstances. Ask Thomas Bjorn when he was in the mix uh, coming down the stretch. I believe it was at number 16, the par five, just got caught in the bunker. That was the end of old. Old Tommy Bjorn. But the one thing, Jeff, I will say here is even if you hit the fairway, you might roll into the deep rough. <laughs> if you landed on the fairway, there's so many undulations. There's no flat lies. Even the greens are just shocking that I do think it's going to take not necessarily you have to be a veteran to have that guile, but you need to be that kind of player where you're not afraid to play it off to the left and roll it onto the green. Like if you try to go pin stalking here, unless conditions are benign, which it doesn't seem like it's going to be like we brought up with Tim. I just don't think that's going to work out too well. I would tend to agree with you, but I've also seen a lot of quotes from players in the previous years that even the run-up shots, like those savvy run-up link-style shots, Pat, it's the smallest margin where those go offline and they roll like 30 yards the wrong way into trouble. Like your your your, your clean holes are, are pretty small. The winning scores in the past here, you know, allude to it, but Tim kind of brought it up. The quality of today's player, you know, I, I always want to give the edge to that. So I do think we'll see a tick better than probably what we have seen in the past. And I'm never surprised if one of these top end guys in the world plays plays to their ceiling. In but, the, but it, yeah, I well, don't know. How Ball about this? Flight? How about this? Pa- past 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 right? twenty past twenty years, 
at the Open Championship. Only three times have players hit fewer than 56% of greens in regulation, and it's happened both times at this course. So you got to be able to scramble and chip and figure it out once you're around the greens. Oh, I don't doubt that at all. And it actually seems like so long as you're not in a bunker off the tee, you're probably fine. So that whole, like, it's a second shot golf course thing, it's, it's you know, the trademark of, of podcasts. But, you know, it kind of feels like that. You just avoid the bunkers and um, you could do what you need to uh, off the tee, I would suspect. I think that you need to have a certain level of creativity to your game this week. And I think because of the length of the course and the win factors that are going to be in play, obviously we're not going to know how it affects every single hole. If you have a 451-yard par 4 and the wind's at your back and 32-mile-per-hour winds, Bryson might be able to drive that. Brooks might be able to drive that. Dustin and Rory and Rob might be able to drive that as well. But do you actually want to go for it in case you land in one of those greenside bunkers? Because you're not getting it up and down for birdie too easily. You might not even be getting it up and down for par too easily. So I think that there's a certain containment level to your game that you need. Who can hold up the best? Who is mentally the strongest that when things go real sideways, and it's going to happen to everyone at some point, who can overcome that with miracle shots? Who has strokes gained magic beans, Jeff? And I want to get into the favorites, and yeah. that's where I kind of started my card. Rom is the overwhelming favorite of this event. We've been over it. He should have won three in a row, but he did win the big one, the U.S. Open. He's seven and a half to one, eight to one now uh, with an enhanced offering at DraftKings Sportsbook, where everyone, if available, should be betting. Xander Shoffley, six. 16 to 1. Brooks Kepka, 18 to 1. Same as Rory. Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth are both 20 to 1. Hovland and Dustin Johnson are both 22 to 1. Louis, 25. Patrick Cantlay, 28 to 1. Those are your favorites for the Open Championship this year. I've planted my flag all week. I put it out on Twitter. It's no surprise where I am going in this tournament. The type of player I just described. I think fits really well with what I want to do. He has an open championship. He's been playing really well since his win. No finish worse than 30th. He has taken a little bit of time off. I do find that somewhat concerning. But if we're talking about a winning score of like minus six to minus 10, where around the green and putting is going to play a huge factor, and you have someone with three top tens in their past five open championship starts, including a win, distance not that big of a factor, and very sneakily, probably the best player tee to green over the past four months. Jordan Spieth is my winner. I caught him at 22 to 1. I still see him at 20 to 1. I would bet the 20 to 1. I might rebet the 20 to 1. Unless you can talk me into Brooks, who would be my second favorite. I'm expecting there to be a large party on Sunday night if Spieth wins. He seems to be what I'm going to assume to will be the most popular pick. I will not be betting him. Part of that is just me being stubborn. I'm not betting him. I'll bet him at, at like other events. I'm prepared to do that. I'm not betting him to win the major championship, but in categories of guts and scrambling, he could model number one. And strokes gain magic bean, like it's a him definitive gap number two. And I would say number two in strokes gain magic bean is Matt Hughes, and I don't even know if he's here. No, he is here. Don't worry. He's like 600 to one. He could win this. <laughs> yeah, if strokes gain magic bean is on the heel model pretty well um, for people. Yes, a lot of the roads do point to Spieth. Um, my personal favorites of the big boys are Rory and Dustin. Those would be the guys I like the most here. I'm seeing Dustin at 22. I think his form is being pretty overrated, like how bad 
it's been, I think, in some respects. Uh, you know, he hasn't like bared down on the weekend, but there have been many a times where he's been in positions and kind of faded. Uh, he is the number one ranked golfer in the world. I wouldn't say he's the best golfer in the world at the moment, but, uh, you know, I feel he's tied, tested, and true. And as I spoke about with Tim, I had a little fun last week, albeit at a worse Rory number in my parlay than there is um, today. So I got a bit of an enhanced Rory. Those are the guys I'm looking at. Brooks would also fit into that model. Uh, model and model that but uh you know tim also panning the flag against brooks is also simply reassuring the thing is pat i've decided like i don't have any blinders as it pertains to darren clark or ben curtis obviously the possibility of that is higher here than at other majors um you know the variable the more variables you get to me the higher that probability rises of the super long shot but after sort of deep diving all of this in terms of that 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 um roadmap you know that you spoke about so greatly in your article you put it all out there that other people have those like you could keep checking the boxes um you know to sort of narrow down who is is set to win and looking at the past winners not only their prices but their world rankings it just emboldens me to just build the cards I always build, to be perfectly honest. I don't I, I don't think hitting the winner is going to be hard, but I think it's I don't think we're gonna be that surprised with who wins. So I'm not really changing my strategy despite the variables being being ramped up. I do have one final question for you. You mentioned like the sort of guts and the scrambling and the moxie and the experience. Jordan Spieth in recent memory is, as you again spoke about with Tim, his fourth appearance is the shortest range open championship victory. Are you like almost in a master's approach? Like, are we writing off the, I'll say it for you guys, the consortium of players with zero, one, not just zero, but even one, appearance in an open championship because that's a lot of that's a lot of players i don't think you necessarily have to write those players off because ben curtis obviously did that when he won at this course in 2003 so i think this this course in particular of the open road courses kind of lends itself a little bit more to that kind of thing with so much of the field and so much of the skill set being neutralized and just i mean you can you really want to wait for your bets this week because if you do see a win draw open up on thursday like thursday morning versus thursday afternoon like the winner might just come from thursday morning if it's like a little bit easier just because they won't have to deal with 40 mile per hour wins in the afternoon that could be good enough that's what we saw the year with stenson and phil they hit the right one and they end up blowing everyone out by like 15 shots that there's 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 weird stuff inside of open championships where these can kind of creep up on you so the later you can wait to bet you might miss out on like a point or two in terms of a number or if you hear that someone is super popular in the betting market like spieth is probably going to crash at some point but he's still out there 25 and a half to one on DraftKings sportsbook they actually DraftKings sportsbook has the best number i've seen on brooks as well at 18 and a half i don't think that's going to move on brooks from 18 if anything it might go to 20 depending on what happens but that's a decision that i have to make right now 
Spieth and Brooks, like when I did all my trend research, they're the ones who rate out the best for me coming into this in terms of their current form, in terms of what it's take, taken to win the Open Championship. Rory is the other one, too, who's on that list. I just I don't love Rory here as much. Uh, I don't really even have a particular reason why, but Tim has picked him, so that's good enough for me. It's like I was going to bet Adam Scott, and I'm just going to cross him off my list, so that's probably a good move. So it's either going to be like a double bet on Spieth or a bet on Spieth and Brooks, and that's going to be it from the top end. But no, I wouldn't overlook like a Morikawa or someone. I don't know necessarily know if I love him here, but at the same time, I, I see his odds. I'm like, man, that's a good Morikawa number. And if things do kind of calm down, because I wouldn't trust the weather report until like the hour of realistically, that if conditions are benign, like him and Justin Thomas are going to go crazy. Yeah, I, I am torn on it. Like I believe in it. And as you've mentioned, and a lot of other people, this and all of the open rotation courses feels like it requires a bit more um moxie and um you know whatever it is experience i guess for lack of trying to i'm not smart enough to to find the other words but i also believe pat that these kids today they're like built differently they're built differently even than five years ago they've all been like walking with their track mans beside them you know since they were 17. And granted, TrackMan might be as irrelevant here as it is, you know, at any event and just sort of the type of shots and creativity that you, you need. But I, all these kids are ready to run out of tunnels, in my opinion, just like we see with the quarterbacks that come out at the top. Like guys just swim and they flourish right, right away. So nothing, nothing would shock me. Um, and I'm certainly like from a DraftKings perspective, not writing off any of them. Because maybe the outright market, you just say, I'll take my chance that like a zero one experience open championship guy um, isn't going to win. But, you know, from Zalatoris this year to M last year to even Bobby Mack, I think, finished fifth in his debut. I'm talking about the Masters with him and Zalatoris, but who, who we hate debutants there. Bobby Mack had a great debutant run here. So, you know, they're they have the capability to play great. You just have to have supreme belief that they can win. But when it comes to Hovland and Morikawa, I do believe they're built differently. So I wouldn't scoff at, at anything. Also, you um, know what? I, I will scoff at that Hovland number. He might go on okay, to win. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. not going to bet that's, him at 22 to one. Yeah. Like, like let's look Rom. I'm not betting at seven and a half Xander. I'm not betting at 16 and Hovland. I'm not betting at 22. I just don't like those numbers. I'm out. Yes. That's a whole, that, yeah, I wasn't, we are doing an outright show. Everything is sort of framed in that conversation. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you're playing every side of it. You want to make a case for everyone. So when they win, you're like, oh yeah, I saw it coming. Like just pick, pick, who are you picking? You're picking Rory and that's it. I right? don't know. I'm just talking through it. I'm not picking a side of anything. I'm not writing off a buddy. Ah, babies. I'm not afraid to have babies. Uh, I would say you could shop on Victor. Uh, I would think, but yeah, 22 is crazy. That's, that's wild. And I'm That's not, wild. and I'm not getting to, and I'm not getting to Louis at 25 either. And he probably has a better chance than Xander and Victor. I wouldn't say Rom. Rom has the best chance of winning. That's why he's the overwhelming favorite. But does he have three times better of a chance of, of Louis than winning this? I would say no. I still don't like those odds on Louis. I feel like I can find a Louis type for double and triple that number. I agree. Even though Louis, you know, his roulette spin keeps showing up, guys like him and Westwood, I will just be passing on. Also, can someone show me like the 15th, 16th, 17th, and 18th hole? And like how penal is your duck hook right? 
while you're contending? It didn't happen for him at St. Andrews. That didn't. And I actually have a note on that. Oh, you know what my note is about that? Just quickly, as we're reminiscing Louie. Do you know who I was with that weekend in a hotel with four people? Me, Cam, Pozzola, and Hainzer in Niagara. That weekend, watch, well, not really, watch, like early mornings after debauchery-filled events, like Louie and the red dot on his glove that he said would keep him calm. But my memory of Louie's open win is is um spending a weekend in niagara falls with cammy and the boys okay. in the same hotel room Congrats. I, I i just remember being like i don't really know who this louis guy is but he's just pumbling paul casey at the moment in the final round guess who's back it's magic spoon because growing up cereal was one of my favorite parts of being a kid but i had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar. That junk you probably shouldn't eat, especially when you're mean. You're getting older now and getting that flat tire around your gut. So, you know, the sugar's not working out too well for me. Now, Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It's only 140 calories a serving as well. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. You can build your own box or get a variety pack with available flavors of coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon. I keep telling you every time I'm telling you about Magic Spoon is just order fruity. Fruity is so delicious. Even people telling me on Twitter, at the PME, by the way, you know, Pat, I got some Magic Spoon. I got fruity. You were right. It's excellent. And I'm not lying to you. It is tremendous. Highly recommend the fruity Magic Spoon. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a delicious cereal and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code mayo, that's M-A-Y-O, at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, I want to move on to the next level, but before I do, I want to give you an update of what we have right now on the withdrawal situation. No see, woo, Kim, no Kevin Na, no Hideki Matsuyama, he is now out as well. No Bubba Watson, no Sung J.M., no Zach Johnson, who had to pull out on Monday morning, along with Luis DeJager, who is someone I didn't know. Matthew Wolf also not playing. So that's the list right now, and that's, that's just in the last week. There's plenty of people who had withdrawn before that, but in case you were considering any of those guys, they will not be playing in the Open Championship this year and they've been replaced in the field so let's get to this next range of 30 to 60 after hearing that Hatton has no shot of winning from Tim I mean now I probably have to consider him a little bit I suppose I was thinking Patrick Reed Fitzpatrick is probably priced up a little bit too much because in my mind and I went back and looked at it he's never really contended in a major before (laughs) he's just kind of one of those guys but he's coming off a really good week at the Scottish and it's killed his odds the guy that we need to talk about is Bryson Bryson at the enhanced offering on DraftKings is now 35 to 1 33 to 1 in most places I think for a shot in the dark because everything we have in our mind is like oh if the wind picks up Bryson's screwed that was sort of my case against him at Kiowa and he actually played pretty well until the final day and I was kind of surprised but 
after what I saw him do at the Players' Championship, where he comes off API and he's trying to drive a par five and he goes out and wins that tournament, he almost goes out and wins the players in exactly the opposite fashion. He played within himself, irons off the tee. If he can stick to a game plan like that, I mean, I don't see any reason why he can't win. I just don't trust him to do that. I never thought I would think about it, but the number, like, because I just thought I would be ignoring Bryson at a number that was similar to those other big boys, but they've clearly put him in entirely different tier of golfer, uh, almost daring me to bet it. And at 35 to one, that's incredibly tempting. And as I said to you, I believe I already mentioned it. Like I could easily see myself like that. I'll have Bryson on my card at 35 and I'll have like Reed on my card at like 40, 45. And like, I'm going to play this both ways um, in sort of how this event is going to play. You've mentioned it before, Pat, and I do believe you that, you know, the more Bryson gets punched in a mouth or the variables that like continuously come up and change always seem to never bring out the best in him when it's like a coach that has a game plan and it, and he can just attack it. He's got a game plan for all 18 holes is that's when he seems to play his best golf changing on the fly. Never seems to bring in his best results. His major, his open championship history is what like miscut miscut like 49th or something um, in that regard. But yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big enough believer in Bryson that I could be, I could be tempted by this. Uh, wow. I don't know. We want to give him credit. Like maybe he wants to go back to being the scientist for a week, right? Maybe that, that would be a really good spot to do it too. Cause like I said, if you can play within yourself and I think that he is, although he does stick to a game plan and really thinks it through, I think that his strategy level is through the roof. No one gives him credit for that. And I think his ability to figure out courses, he's not always right about it, but he does think of it a little bit differently than everyone else. And if he can crack the code here, as Tim pointed out, like if he can crack the code, he can go win this by a bunch of strokes. I, and the thing is, I'm not going to bet him. I don't think so, at least. I'm leaning towards just staying completely away from him because I'm going to buy into the same sort of narrative that everyone else is going to buy into. That This just won't set up well for him, especially if he ends up being too aggressive, which I can see sometimes it gets the best of him when he wants to put on a show or knows he can hit a 450-yard par four. And that still just might not be the best way to go about things. I think there are going to be too many of those moments for him, but... I know he's the guy I'm terrified. Him and Reed are the two guys I'm terrified of the most of this like 30 to a hundred range. Well, when you say terrified, what do you mean? I like, mean, to I win. I mean, bright to win. Well, bet on Patrick Reed, but Patrick Reed, I mean, you can find him at 40, maybe 45, but if I go to Brooks, I can't go to Reed. If that's how I'm structuring my card, Reed would be my guy from down here, but honestly, oh, you mean Brooks and Spieth. Brooks and Spieth, yeah, because Spieth I'm already yeah. in. Now I'm kind of debating, do I go with Brooks? And that takes out this entire level for me in terms of betting this week. And then I have to drop down to like the low, like around 100 to 1 or beyond. Uh, or do I go Spieth, Reed, and like Hatton or Fleetwood or one of those guys? I mean, those guys are not really on my radar. But that's the kind of card that I want to construct here. So I, I really need to think through the process of it. I'll have that on Wednesday show when I finally end up coming to that conclusion with and I'll have talked to Rick in the meantime before I do that. But uh, just the whole Bryson thing, I'm, I'm being you. I'm playing both sides of it. But I think I'm going to lean on the no for me on Bryson. They're playing both sides. It's Monday freaking morning. Pick a side, pal. 
get sign on Bryson on Monday morning, like at the Open Championship. I would have figured you spent all week thinking about this. I I thought of I th- what I thought about what I did think about it, but I'm not re- like I got so many names on a list. Like I cut down the field to like 18 names. All right, and so, from that I got to make the bets. Okay, um, let's talk about the rest of 30 to 60. Then are you in on Reed? I don't see a world in which I am not betting Patrick Reed. I I don't see it, and I could name a couple other guys that really do have my attention in this range uh i'm seeing some really big numbers on cantley pat uh doesn't he have a 12th place finish in a recent open he's won recently like i don't know i think he's a very clean player a very clean bogey avoidance three putt avoidance um player that that uh could be getting slept on for how well he is playing and it always comes back to me in a major conversation except for the u.s open where cantley had just won, so he got into that tier, but people forget so quickly, and now Xander is so much better than Cantley again. I never buy into that. Um, uh, there's a whole, I think I've bet Hatton at two of the three majors this year. I searched all over the internet for someone like still with a big Hatton number. I can't find it. I can't find it. So to bet on Hatton, you know, I, there's like guys. <laughs> You know, there's just other really good players that I'm going to be staring at to pass. The Tim comment is tempting. And this is a man who's won back-to-back Alfred Dunhill Lynx championships, which to me puts you in a finite conversation of the best Lynx players in the world. And everyone you want to speak to about this course that's been to Sandwich, oh, what a town name, Sandwich, uh, says this is players who have never seen this place, who may have even other been to other places in Europe and in, in England or, or in the rotation. This is going to look to them like Chambers Bay looks to American golfers. Like, what am I looking at? This looks different than anything I've ever seen before. Um, And who would probably be ready to do that? Ty Hatton. And if it's about ball flight, guts, and scrambling, check, 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 Ty Hatton. Uh, Also, crafty vet in this range, Paul Casey, man. Every box. I I, like I, I don't Louis like. At double I don't number, like. Right? I like, don't like Paul Casey at this course. Just be what tell us to just scare me about him because and, I don't need any reasons to bet him. If anything, I'm always looking for a reason not to bet him. So give it to me. I mean, and listen, I mean the fact that he rarely wins it should be step one to not betting Paul Casey outright. But at the same time. This has been brought up a lot, especially by European players, is that although he is British and is going to be playing for the European Ryder Cup team, Paul Casey has the most American game out of any European player, I think, at least of any British player, that I just think like a PGA championship is a better spot for him. Like St. Andrews was a good spot, but... Just look at just look at the guys that do well at St. Andrews versus like the rest of the open rota. Like Casey hasn't been all that great outside of St. Andrews. Okay. Yep. I don't know. I'm looking for any strings to not like have to waste money on and a spot on a betting card. Um, so, so for um, me, so, so for me, this entire range is kind of out that like 30 to 60, like 60 and above is where I'll be looking. So here are the names. I have four names. I have, I, it, just... I have four names. I have it whittled down to 
I like Brennan Grace. I'm not alone on that, but you can get him at DraftKings Sportsbook at 80 to 1 right now. Another guy who's won Alfred Dunhill in the past. Christian Bezadenhout, you can get at 150 or 100 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I like Seabez this week. You want to talk about magic beans? There's a guy who's got some magic beans. And I like the South Africans at Open Championships too. Harris English is the number 12 player in the world. He's 70 to 1 to win this event, playing some great golf coming in. And Instead of Adam Scott, if I want sort of like crafty veteran who can get it around and playing a little bit better golf, I'm, I'm considering Jason Day at 90 to 1. Okay, so every single one of those players, but who was the first guy you mentioned is was on my list Grace. of yet to be crossed off. Grace was the first one. Oh, no, I like Grace and I like English. Uh, those are guys that are sneaky living around and day was a guy I was excited to talk about. Um, so yeah, uh, grace is very crafty at the moment. And this like a couple years ago, Pat, like when we sort of like, we would have loved grace for this week. Would we not, we would have been salivating for grace, but it feels like he's kind of like that guy again. And he checks a lot of the boxes and you know, even this morning, I was thinking there might not be a player whose odds have crushed lower from like maybe Christmas to today than Brendan Grace's for this event. Yeah, the like, only I can only imagine with super long numbers uh, there were. That being said, the numbers that still exist on Grace, I could very much be in for because guts and and a lot of the the, the craftiness he checks and. English is like the double the price Cantley, is he not? Like, I see a lot of the same qualities, and we're going to keep it clean, and we're going to avoid those bogeys, and I, I, I don't know. I trust the putter at the moment, certainly. Yeah, I, I think that he is sort of... I mean, Harmon would be the, the next iteration of this type of player, I think. Like, and he does everything a little bit worse. He's a bit shorter. Like, Cantley has sort of the peak skills of all of these guys. English is sort of next. And then, like, the shorter version of that would be Harmon for here. But the Harmon odds are, like, closer to the English odds than English is to Cantley, which I can't really figure out. And listen, he's only played in the Open Championship twice in the past five years, has not in any of the past three, but he did have two made cuts at least during that time. So he's not unfamiliar with open championship golf. I just think it's a big number on him for the way that he's playing. Grace has been steamed down a little bit, like 66 to one is the best number I have available for myself right now. I'll probably still end up playing that, but let's have the day conversation. Cause I, I like Sebez the best actually of all of these guys. He kind of fits like he's, he's the next logical guy to go to after Spieth for me. Cause I, I feel like he's sort of like the mini version of Spieth and all the things that they do well. What what is the number you had on Cebes? Because I'm blind and I'm looking on DK. Yeah, he's he he just got taken off, so I think they're resetting yeah. his odds at the moment. But oh you, but no! You, but you can still find him at ninety <laughs> in other places, eighty in some spots. I, I don't mind okay. that number. No, I don't mind that at all. Um, do you worry, like, because you have just said your betting card is going to put you in a place, and we're going to talk about day in a moment, where you are avoiding what might be the most winning range of of major championship golf in the last like few years like that 3260 pocket i mean we only got one of them this year hideki was 50 yes. phil was like 500 this year we've had the whole map right we've had the chalk we've had the bomb and we've had that common sort of uh that that ideal first time range of like 30 um 
250. But yeah, I guess you got to do what you got to do. You believe in the, if you're making two moves at, at 20 or under that just, that's how you build the card. And as you mentioned, you could still find some great options here day. You know, wow. Like lots of people, I haven't been on the wagon much, but he's a guy to get excited or at all, I should say. But you see that ball striking, you know, peak at times and the putting. And he's an easy guy with any sort of form of life to get excited about. And he had that tournament a few weeks ago. Where was it? Where he could like barely pick the ball up out of the hole. And then everyone just wanted to fade him the next week. And he played fantastic. He played fantastic. So, yeah, Jason Day, Adam, I, I know Tim mentioned Scott, but Aussies. Even Mark Leishman, I, I think, is you know part of a uh, that conversation with English and some other guys, Pat. But I don't know. The Australians seem to have a propensity to 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 even from the Minwoo thing last week. I'm not making a dot, but it seems like the courses they play like correlate more than um, say North American courses. So I wouldn't be surprised even Cam Smith to see little uh, great showing for all of Australia. Day is the one who's on the fringe for me right now. I was going to bet Poulter at 150 last weekend before the Scottish. Now his odds have just cratered down to like 75 or 80 or 70, depending on where you're looking. And uh, I liked it at 150. I don't know if I like it at half those odds, but he is sort of like the crafty. When Tim listed off all of the Englishmen who have no chance or there's too much pressure on, it kind of feels like this could be Poulter's week with the way that he's playing at the moment. Put Poulter beside Westwood, even like Louie at this point, even though they he has a major. Like, I'd be so happy for any of them, even roaching a bet. Like, there would be a soft spot of, like, a tear. Like, it would be magical. Um, guts and scrambling. Like, I know that's really corny. Magic bean, it doesn't really model. But <laughs> it's funny to talk about. But in terms of that, that ranking... <sighs> Not many players come in higher than Ian Poulter, but I'm not getting cocky enough to pick it. I don't know. Like, are, are you at, like, I just feel like him and Westwood, even like Louie goes wide, right? When that matters most. I, I don't know. I just, I'd love to see their game not abandon them, but in trying to pick them to win, I feel like when it matters most, their game might abandon them on Sunday. I, I'd love to see yeah, it'd be great. Justin Rose is another one who just no one is really talking about who sort of has that kind of game for this type of place, too. And the only places he plays well now are at majors. So maybe someone to give a look to at 60 to 1. I don't know if I can get there with him. He's sort of in that Westwood Poulter Rose range. English is longer odds. I probably end up going with him. Neiman is in here. We got him in a much better number than he's currently trading at. So that's nice. Sergio and Berger, Lowry and Fleetwood, Scheffler and Finau. Like, I just don't have a ton of interest here. If Sergio, I mean, we, we talk about it every major show. Like, the guy has no pulse in major since winning the, the, the Masters. No, you're right. But he's got a great, like, I don't know, he's playing well and he's experienced and he does a lot of the other things that you would like. You probably don't trust him in the scrambling department, maybe, but... Oh, he's playing well. I just, at that 50 to one, there's other guys I think I'd be willing to step in front of. And I think Berger suits here more than people might assume, but I've also bet him in every major this year. So I'm biased and 
on on uh on that one, Pat. All right. So my four faves from here, we're gonna go Grace, Bezadenhout, English, and Day. So I think I'll probably get to the first three. I don't know if Day is gonna end up making the card. That really depends on what I do at the top. All right, Jeff, the form is yours before we move on to 100 to 1. I'm sure you want to bet Ricky Fowler. I want to so badly bet Ricky Fowler. It's made easier by the fact, Pat, that Tony Finau has absolutely zero pulse. Like, his game has totally abandoned him, and, and Ricky is playing well, and he's, what, scary. This kid is older than 32 years old. He has such nice open championship pedigree. Uh, I don't think the number is fair, but I don't think it's that unfair to be perfectly honest. I, I crave, I I'm really excited about Ricky this week and like 70, 80 to one. I'm going to, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. And just, you know, a lot of those open championship factors work. Uh, seven last eight winners have recorded a T20 or better in the year's first, uh, Two of three majors, 14 of the last 15 winners of the Open finished T9 or better in the event previous. I can't be uh, talked up off him, but I'm not going to dispute Bezaden Hope might not be a craftier wager. I, and Bezaden Hope is actually playing some pretty good golf and has showed up in majors where when you think about his style of game, he doesn't fit whatsoever. Like he didn't really fit at the PGA Championship. He played in the third to last group, did not play well on Sunday. But he got there. I always like to see that kind of thing as well. Played at the U.S. Open. He was essentially a cross-off at the U.S. Open. It's like, oh, the guy hits like 210 off the tee. Uh, this isn't going to be a spot for him. And he just kind of lingered all week. This is actually a course where he could play well. I totally believe that. And I'm a little sad because I remember when he first got on his heater, there were like 200 to ones. I saw people recommending. I'm like, oh, this guy, like a major, like we got to build to that. But. You're right. He does sort of seem like um, an ideal plotter, right? Because it's it's the Open Championship, so so plot away at this sucker. But uh, yeah, I couldn't not move on to a hundred without at least mentioning um, Richard Fowler. Rickard Fowler, as we'll call him for our European oh, yeah. audience this week. Maybe he is Sveetish all of a sudden. Then we'd enjoy him a little bit more. I, this is almost like Spieth. I do feel like an open championship is their best shot uh, at winning because, I mean, as you mentioned, Rick, he's not a young man anymore, kind of crafty at this point. He does have that around the green game. He does have that Lynx experience. He's won a Scottish Open, so I, I don't hate it as much as I would. I don't love the number at the same time. I want to get into the 100 to 1 range because I think you can find a winner down here this week. Will I find a winner? Uh, history would tell me no. However, it's not going to stop me from wasting money on guys down here. So I've comprised like a little short list. Uh, Neiman and Keimer, 125 and 150, already in on. And then the other ones I was going to bring up, like if I'm going to play this Magic Beans angle, like why not Matthews, who just was in the final group at the U.S. Open? you I'm shocked to hear it. Like, I get it. That's how hard that is how important Stroke Skin Magic Beans is to Pat Mayo this week that he's actually talking to his audience about betting on Mac Hughes. 
Now, all these guys might be far superior top 20 bets or top 10 bets, and an actual win might be out of the question for them, but he's played really well at hard, windy courses as you stood with his mom when he lost to Sungjae at the Honda. Like, I think that the Honda could be. Not necessarily a corollary, but I think it's somewhat indicative of what we're going to see. I mean, not quite the carnage that we're going to see this week because, you know, there's not a whole bunch of water around this course like there is at the Honda, but the way that you need to plot yourself around. He's going off at 150 to 1, 250. 50 to 200 with an enhanced offering at DraftKings Sportsbook, but frankly, I see him at 400 to 1 in some spots. Uh, that's more the lean that I'd be going to. Like, instead of taking one 100 to 1 player, I could take four 400 to 1 players and feel a little bit better about it. Ryan Fox is another one, decent week at the Scottish, uh, and he's just proven himself to be a pretty good Lynx player over time. Vic Perez, you can get at 300 to 1. He's won in Elford Dunhill. He's still like the 38th ranked player in the world. Uh, he had a terrible final round at the Scottish Open, but he's another one who has some magic beans in his system that I could see coming through. And then the only other one, just because I saw him with just huge odds, was Molinari. Francesco Molinari, that is. What's the number? 200? Because out of all the names you mentioned, that's really the only one I ca would care to actually bet on to win, potentially. I would bet on Chesco at 200. I, I Why not? Like, I don't... I just... I know it's a different field, but I just freaking came off a week where I actually put money on Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Me too. I, hey, you know what? And I thought he was making a run at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like Molinari, 200, crafty little... It's... it's you know, a lot of the in-season checkpoints you would want don't work, but all those guys got steamed uh, already. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. This if, yeah, this could absolutely work. In terms of find me a 100-to-1 winner or above, uh, if you're asking me, Pat, I'm probably going to attempt to stay closer to that 100-to-1 mark um, than you. There were a couple guys that potentially had my attention. Uh Dietrich? Well, you could just pardon? It is gonna be the European Finau, Thomas Dietrich? No, no. Although like I don't know if he's actually capable of, of this. Um, but I was scared he was gonna win the Scottish because I'm more ready to bet Dietrich at like a a Porsche open at 18 to 1 and lose <laughs> all my money. Matt Wallace. Are we yeah. done with that? No, I don't, I, I, I don't think so. I think that Wallace is super live here. I, I, I think I would much rather go with him like top Brit. Okay. Uh, Bern Wiesberger. Nah. I want, like, Wies, I want Wiesberger if the winning score is going to be like minus 23. Okay, yeah, totally. I was going to say like pin stocking for, for two and a half days isn't really an option here. That kind of takes Wiesberger out. Um any love for the win would be huge, but I don't know. Like we talked like crafty and experience, like Stuart sink do anything for you. He does actually, but it's not, it's not, he hasn't really been steamed mind you, but he's at like a hundred to one. I don't think that there's a, I mean, he's won twice on the PGA tour this year. So obviously he's having a great season, but if I'm going to look at like that type of player, like give me Harrington at like close to double his number, Patty Harrington, that is uh Kucher at almost double his number. Like, I mean, Kuchar makes the cut, like, every year at the British Open. And we've only seen him pop up a few times so far this year. And it was funny because it was with Victor Perez in Austin where he had played really well. And I don't think that's necessarily a corollary course, but it's a shorter-type course where guys can manufacture their way around if they really have to. Like, I, I probably won't bet Kuch, but I don't think that he's, like, you know, a dead in the water either. 
Okay, two more names and then I'll stop naming names and we could be done. Ah, shucks. There might not, this guy might even just be 90 to one. But I actually think I'm going to be invested. I don't know about the outright, but Corey Connors does a lot for me this week, Pat. Why? You you enjoy the creativity of his game where he's going to get it up and down from these greenside bunkers or just off the green? That's going to work? No, but in the same way, like I could kind of even be attracted to Chris Kirk. I think they're, they have the ability to play very clean. I think that Kirk is a better bet than Connors at this tournament. Well, probably like, cause Kirk could be flirting with 200 to one at 175. Or or where I'm looking right now, 300 to one. (laughs) Oh, there that's yeah. I don't know. A guy that's just keeping the ball, you know, clean. I don't, I know in that chain of player, like we stopped at Harmon, like would Kirk be like a level and a half farther back? No, I don't think so. I think that Kirk is pretty comparable to Harmon. Obviously he doesn't have the success and maybe not as good, but I think that he's in like the, the Harmon sphere, at least he's sort of like the poor man's Harris English now. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. And then I guess I can't do the show without mentioning it. Is, is Bo Hostler if- playing? No, but if we're just, you know, looking for, for a feisty, older, gent- not too old, but experienced gentleman, if conditions get really tough, will it 300 to one? Or yeah. am I just will, will drinking it at, some Kool-Aid? No, I don't think so. I think Willard at 300 to one is logical. He has a great open championship track record. His game at the moment is a lot more predicated on scrambling, making your putts, getting it up and down. We know he's a great links player. I don't think that's crazy. Cool. I'm not, there's no point in me naming another name that I wouldn't bet, but Willard at, at a big number, you could probably assume I'm going to just have a piece of. Who are some of the other ones? You know, I actually looked at it 200 to one because it really would finish uh, finish off the narrative loop and it would really work out well. Do you know who the name is? Because he continues to be fire. Oh my God, I do know who the name is. Richard Bland? Richard Bland, yeah. Why, why not? Why not Richard Bland at this Open Championship? The guy's on, on a run right now. Um, geez, good for him. I don't... Yeah, why not? Could be a sneaky play. I bet she's popular in like DraftKings, but she's going to be popular. I, I bet she is not because when people look, it's like, oh, it's some 48 year old dude who's been terrible for 10 years, who's going through a nice stretch. I have a feeling that most people don't even know who he is. So I would say that he's not going to be super popular. Not with Sam Burns at $6,300 on DraftKings, who everyone will use. I guess. And you made a joke on the internet on the weekend about like you're, you're all about the Kinholt. No, that was, yeah, that was more of a joke, but okay. it just, his irons are back. Like he had a seizure four months ago and he's just returning into form right now. And he made the cut at the Scottish. Like, I just think he's a good player. I'm not going to pick him to win here. And like I said, most of these guys are just like, besides Keimer and Neiman, who I did bet to win previously, these guys are like top 20 consideration. The only one I'll give any more credence to is Johan Vermen, who at the Irish, really good. At the Scottish, really good. Like, let's just keep rolling it through. He's 400 to 1 to win this tournament. That leads me to believe that his top 20 odds are going to be like 16 to 1. It's not bad. Yeah, he's a, a young American that's just been scrapping it over the European tour, but he's got that, like, tall, lanky build that that uh, can crush. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know how this week, and what I assume is his first open, will work for him, but he's been showing – he's certainly been um, – He's certainly been showing up a lot. 
Yeah, and, he, and like uh, that maybe he's sixty one hundred dollars on DraftKings, but I, I don't hate him for this tournament in terms of he's had a top twenty bet. I probably wouldn't play him low American, but there's a couple like British guys that I could see being low Brit, whether it be Bland, whether it be Aaron Rye, Willett. Like they're gonna be super you long. Mentioned Wallace. What? Why? Yeah, but Wallace is like a quarter of those guys odds he's like a hundred to one the rest of the guys that we're talking about are like 250 300 i see aaron Wright 500 to one in some spots like i i don't think that they're like outright winner good but i could i don't think that they're gonna come for, andy sullivan probably not the spaceman no but if they came inside the top five like just think about all the random people that we see on open championship leaderboards at like deep into the weekend versus other majors of course I don't know. I know he's South African, but like, yeah, I don't know. It was like a Justin Harding spotting or something real freaking random. Yeah. Right. Kind of does it for me in a weird way. Cause when he won the Scottish last year, it was like really difficult conditions, not so much matching with like Scottish this year or two years ago when Weisberger won, which is just more of a birdie fest. He went to that playoff with Fleetwood at like minus 11 and it was just a grind it out type of tournament that, for like low Brit, I think that he he really should be on. He's going to be on my radar. Whether I pulled the trigger, I have to see what that number is going to be to make it, you know, to see if it's actual value in terms of his odds. I haven't seen one as of yet. Those markets aren't exactly uh, fruitful at the moment, but they will be throughout the course of the week. I, I don't mind that though. Do, I, do you have any take on Aaron Rye? I got zero take on Aaron Rye. I would feel like I could get your uh, Grillo opinion, but I'll just watch your show with. With Ben? With Raza? Ben, Ben's in. He's like, oh, scrambling and putting? Yeah, that, that's that's the Emiliano Grillo special. And then we made the comparison, like, Brooks started on, like, over in Europe when he first started playing, so did Grillo. It's, like, basically the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking about before Aaron Rye? Uh, so I had I said Bland, Willett, Rye, and Armage were the other ones. And I'm looking at the top Englishman market right now. Bland is 20 to 1, Willett is 20 to 1, Rye is 33 to 1, and Armitage is 40 to 1. Another guy who just continued to play well after his win. Yeah. I, I can't say anything uh, bad about that. Um, I guess here's a question, like for guys that like to like heavy up on a matchup or something. I know you, you'll have to find one you like, but are there a couple Americans, like younger guys, not, not like way past the Morikawa and Victor argument, or maybe that's your answer. Like a couple guys you think are just going to get like blown the fuck up here. Like they'll walk off the plane and just, okay, like gone. Like they're dead. Homa? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's a good answer. Um, not to pick on any of them, but like, yeah, the Homas, the Burnses. Um, Burns just played pretty well at the Scottish. Yeah, and yeah, he has. And Scheffler's a guy, you know, for all the attention Morikawa and Hovland will get near the top, he could be the debutant that, that strikes gold, potentially. Yeah, but it's not like you're getting any sort of decent discount on Scheffler. No, he, he, played, he, he played too well at the Scottish, almost like Poulter and killed his odds, and Fitzpatrick. Yeah, um, you know, Willie Z. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think because there's a lot of these Americans that have been playing really nice golf. Henley, Hoffman, and I'm just expecting like like in any open championship, if you sleep in, like I scroll to the bottom and it's big. Yeah. It's big. All right. Well, I, I think we've talked this through long enough. Let's get to our quick picks for the 2021 
British Open. I am betting Jordan Spieth. I bet him at 22 to 1. I would bet him at 20 to 1. I might bet him again, or I might bet Brooks with that bet. We're going to end up seeing how that goes. But Jordan Spieth for me, 22 to 1. You can get him at 20 and a half to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook with their enhanced offering at the moment. So that's going to be that for me. I bet Joaquin Neiman in December at 125 to 1 with the top five each way, which means half the bet is towards 125. And the other half of the bet is towards the top five. In case people are wondering what each way means, I got Martin Keimer at 150 to 1. I'm going to bet Brennan Grace. I'm going to bet Christian Bezadenhout. And I'm going to bet Mac Hughes at 300 to 1 as well, just for some kicks. You can find my entire sheet sheet when I make my final conclusions. And I want to wait a little bit into the week to see how some of these numbers materialize and even try to check the weather as close to it as possible to get in my final wagers. But I'll have the full betting card available Wednesday on the Pat Mayo Experience live at noon Eastern time on Mayo Media Network. So it's up to that now. Jeff, where are you going? Under 25 to one, as we're like finishing up this conversation, Pat, the only player I think I would bet at those numbers or that I'm tempted to bet is Dustin Johnson. Um, If I decide to pass on that, that's going to open up a lot of doors for me. Uh, I mentioned I do have a Rory McIlroy parlay, but past that, um, Patrick Reed, I will be betting on Patrick Reed. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood. I will be betting on Tommy Fleetwood at a 55 to one that I'm staring at right now. I'm going to think long and hard about Cantley and Hatton. So at this moment, like it seems like my brain really wants to crush um, this, this zone. Ricky Fowler. I like Harris English. I like Uh, Brendan Grace. I like, so that is sort of where I am at the moment. And from that, I'm going to narrow it down to, Five or six guys. Long and, shots. Oh, also. Oh, I have my Neiman future, 125 to one. Super excited about that. And you're the betting scrambling. Ricky. Scram- yeah, I mentioned Ricky in the, uh, All right. I mentioned Ricky. Uh, the scrambling scares me about Neiman, but he can be, I don't know, that looked improved at, at the last event, but I'm excited about that future. And I'll bet Willett at 300 to one in a um, English guts fest, potentially. Sure. Because okay. that's what I do. One and done picks for the British Open. We didn't get Tim's one and done picks. I'll have to find that out from him and put it onto the cheat sheet. There's a tease for the Wednesday show. Who will you be selecting? You're you're taking Guido? No, I said give him Guido. Oh, maybe he'll want to take uh, Adam Scott. Fair. But who are we going with our one and dones? You can just say a name and I can tell you you if you've used them or not. Well, I want to get crazy. Why do you want to get and crazy? I wonder if I've been dumb enough to be this crazy already this year, and I am dumb enough to have done it. I mean, you're What's see- Ricky Fowler's... Oh uh, have I used Ricky? I mean, you probably have. No, you haven't. You also haven't used Dustin. Oh, so yeah, there. Dustin, done. Th- that makes it a bit easier? Yeah. So Jeff is going Dustin. I don't think I have any of the top guys left because I I burned Rom at like Byron Nelson, like an idiot. I'm not doing well in the one and done this time around. Have I used Spieth? I don't think that I have used Spieth. Have I been saving him for this moment? No, I will use Jordan Spieth as my one and done, and we will find out who Cust is using as his one-and-done selection for the Open Championship. Are you going to play in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League? Because it's almost full already. I have to go register right now then. Yeah, you can find that in the description of this video and podcast. $15 to play, three max entry. 
no rake, thus making it the best tournament on drafting. It was like half full of the 5,000 spots by Sunday evening when I went and looked at it. So it might be even more full than that right now. I would not expect it to last past Tuesday afternoon. So you're probably going to want to get into that. What do you got going on all this week besides being on this show? Maybe the Cut Sweat Show if we do one on Friday. But I know you're in a ton of different spots now. Yeah, a uh, ton of different spots. Uh, check my Twitter feed tomorrow as I'll have a fun uh, odds checker video, Pat, out tomorrow and Wednesday with a final card. But tomorrow, and what I believe will be permanent now, uh, me and Rick Gaiman will be doing um, Tuesday collab videos together for odds checker, which I'm excited about. As people see on this show, I feel like I'm at my best with a straight man. So I think me and Rick, uh, that'll be good. That'll be good uh, for me. I'm excited about that. And the Jeff Feinberg show Wednesday night, 10 p.m. And Friday at 2 p.m., which I thought I might have to cancel, but uh, you'll let me know. So uh, excited. So one way or another, I'll be doing something on Friday afternoon. All right. Yeah. Hopefully we're going to try to make that work. I want to remind everyone again, if you want to get into the cash giveaways or the Millie Maker ticket giveaways, Way to do it, number one. You can enter up to three times by doing all three of these things. RunTheSims.com. Go make an account up there right now for all of your NFL stats and research needs. You're going to really like the site. You can use it for free right now to see if you're going to like it during the season. And I'm going to guess you will. If you like FantasyNational.com, you're going to like RunTheSims.com. If you just like betting, fantasy, season-long fantasy football... It's going to be for you. So go check that out right now. RunTheSims.com. Also, rate, review, and subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Atio Podcast. Leave that five-star review. That helps out the show tremendously. And we'll be giving away some bucks in a draw for that as well. You can find that in the description. And join the Mayo Media Network newsletter. You can find that in the description as well. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo for 20% off right now. And if you get the weekly, it's eight bucks. So if you you plan on investing like twenty bucks into this, you might as well get the eight bucks and you know, up it a little bit. Uh, and you can find out the best way to research golf and make your own decisions, and not listen to losers like me. And actually, Jeff's on a pretty good streak right now. Maybe you just want to listen to him and bet Rory and bet Dustin and be on your way, and not the guys that I'm betting. Either way, uh, you can find out all of the information up on my Twitter feed at the PME DK Playbook is where my DraftKings cheat sheet and write up is right now, and Mayo Media Network YouTube page sub right now. Smash the like on the way out for all of the previous British Open shows, DraftKings picks, and research up there already. I'll be back on Tuesday with the aforementioned Rick Gaiman going player by player for each of our thoughts. Then on Wednesday live noon eastern time on mayo media network for the final picks and live chat i'll see you then and you know what i'll see you next time experience experience